in the absence of technology, how could you ever create a banking and financial services organization that could compete with the biggest banks in America? Wouldn't be able to. It's because of advances in technology that we have so many companies who are literally competing with Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase and so on. Technology is the ultimate leveler of the playing field. And that's the exciting part that we see. Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a voice for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. On today's episode, Jeff Bond hosts a conversation with Ken Ballou, Director of Business Development for Sensadia, alongside William Smith, our partner at Clear Media Strategies, at the FinTech South 2022 in-person conference at the Georgia World Congress Center. This event is a world-class summit with its nexus in Atlanta, a global financial technology hub that is home to more than 200 fintech companies with the top 15 companies in Georgia alone, generating more than $100 billion in revenue. Sensadia is an emerging technology company delivering API solutions for companies adopting a more digital, connected, and open strategy. Ken Ballou talks with Jeff and William about how technology has enabled smaller companies to compete with the bigger players, the importance of conscious leaders to contribute through capitalism to elevate humanity, and what he sees as a future of fintech. Let's jump into this conversation with Jeff, Will, and Ken. Over to you, Jeff. All right, we're here at the FinTech Conference 2022 here at Georgia World Congress Center with Ken Ballou. Ken, thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. My name is Ken Ballou. I'm a director of uh, business development for Sensadia, which is an emerging technology company. My focus is in the area of banking and financial services. Fantastic. So tell me a little bit about uh, your involvement with TAG, what brought you here today, what your greatest hopes are for this conference and bringing people together. So we're very enthusiastic about our participation in this event. We were quite pleased and surprised to learn about the amount of growth in the technology community right here in Atlanta. So I live in Tampa. I have a house in Gainesville. So I drive by this area, through this area all the time and never really saw it as a, sort of a hotbed of technology and financial services together. And just by way of additional background, I grew up on Wall Street. My career started with the biggest banks in our country. So I'm very familiar with the banking, financial services, vertical industry that we all in some way or another participate in. So to learn about the fantastic growth that's taking here and something of a disruptive aspect of our business is quite exciting for us. So we're happy to be here. What are some of the trends that you see in our uh, in this vertical and that you've been hearing about at the conference so far that are kind of the most interesting and compelling to you? What I love most of all, I think, is the presence of numbers of smaller and emerging technology companies, right, who are all focused on delivering banking and financial services products to market. And what I love most about this is in the absence of technology, how could you ever create a banking and financial services organization that could compete with the biggest banks in America? Wouldn't be able to. It's because of advances in technology that we have so many companies of which whether or not we like them or don't like them, but companies like LendingTree, companies like Acorns, like companies like Robinhood, and so many others who are literally competing with Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, and so on. Technology is the ultimate leveler of the playing field. And that's the exciting part that we see. 
So it's the democratization of finance through technology that's changing the world for the better? Is this an improvement? Well, I think it's absolutely everything that you've just described. Plus, I think it's creating just a better accelerated customer experience. Like think of everything that we go through in our daily lives. First of all, we live in the United States. We are the capitalistic leaders of the planet. The dollar is the standard currency on a global basis. We all participate in this in the United States, no matter who we are or to whatever degree, we all participate in this capitalistic system. It's amazing. And now because of technology, because of our country's advances in technology, we're able to do this in a way that has a better customer experience, a more seamless customer experience, higher degrees of accountability and auditability. Everything that we aspire to do on a monetary level in terms of managing the dollar that makes the dollar strong, we're also doing this now in our economic ecosystems. So talk about the economic impact. You're talking about kind of the shared ideals of capitalism and the participation of it. We talked a little bit about conscious capitalism uh, before we got started today. We're sitting here in kind of the conscious corner booth, if you will. And you have a, a strong passion for the opportunity of conscious leaders to contribute through capitalism to elevate humanity and for sustainability and greater good. Where did that idea first develop? Were you thinking that way when you were on Wall Street? So I think what I see in our society today, I think there are so many of us in so many different places and industries. What we're seeing is, as a country, we were fantastic at consumption. We're fantastic at marketing. And the idea of conscious capitalism, I would almost use the term responsible capitalism. I find myself increasingly going to the stores or buying products and thinking about the full life cycle of a product. When I buy that car, what happens to it at the end of its life? How much of that can we recycle, repurpose, reuse? And so I think that's one of the pillars that we have to become, I think, more effective at managing. And there are some companies that I think are doing or embarking on doing a fine job at that. I think Apple's certainly one of them, about being able to recoup and repurpose a device or try to find its way of returning itself back to raw materials. But if we could do that on a nationalistic level with a degree of nationalistic intention to do that, a drive, a politics to do that, I think we'd be solving one of the biggest challenges that we have in the world. Like, think of the amount in which we see and are all exposed to plastic water bottles, and yet we haven't seemed to have been able to find a way to eliminate that from our own ecosystems. Biodegradable plastic, as an example. And I think responsible capitalism is a way to continue to bring a product like that to market, but in a way of thinking about it after its single use is fulfilled. How do you see that playing out in the fintech space? I mean, who do you kind of look at as inspiring leaders and people that are creating that next generation? What sense of social responsibility and consciousness are you seeing? These are great questions. I think they're really thoughtful questions. I think of it in terms of our, again, the way we behave in this country. And I think of the banking and financial services system is to a degree at the end of the process. Or maybe it's in the middle of the process. But we'd have to really consider this. But in a way, what we're talking about is how do we responsibly fund our ambitions? How do we make financial products part of our consumption, right? And I see there are so many initiatives that are taking shape on Wall Street today that are a, a strong consideration of the fact that 
the larger investment houses are considering whether or not to invest in companies based on their adherence to compliance requirements, environmental requirements, equality initiatives, and so on. So these are the things I would love to look to more and would love to see them adhere to more strictly, not in an imposing way, but in a, in a voluntary way. How important is privacy to what we're talking about doing business the right way in finance and fintech? Honestly, I think privacy is central to everything that we do in the banking and financial services industry. But I think it's privacy with permission. What we talk about today, like when, think about our experiences, what's so great about the openness of the way we do business in the United States. Like think about our experience. You apply for a credit card or an auto loan or a mortgage and so on. You're voluntarily giving up your information to be evaluated. So it's privacy with permission. And in so many other countries, like if you look at what's happening in Brazil right now, as an example, they are just now becoming open and embracing the term of open banking. Previously, the top three banks in the country controlled about 70% or more of all the banking business in the country. And if you had a credit history, it was likely to be with one of those banks and that information was proprietary. That's not, that hasn't been the way it's been, we've been operating here in the United States for decades. So if you look at companies that are here, like Equifax, who are participating in this event, they're one of the mainstays in making sure that credit monitoring takes place and that the exposure of that data is accurate. Yeah, so when you think about just the future hope of being here and seeing all these innovators come together and thinking about tech for good and technology inclusion and, and how do we create impact and kind of get out of this economic downfall that we're in, there's a lot of going, things going on. There's, a I think, a moment in history that needs to be met. So as you look at this moment and you think about the opportunity that still exists while we're kind of all in the trenches trying to figure it out and raise all the markets back up and rise the society with it, elevate humanity with it. How do you kind of like start as a leader? How do you think about wielding your influence as a force for good uh, to forge ahead faithfully? So I love that question too. And I think that really what we have to do is if we really are forward looking, what we'll see is it'll be natural for us to experience consolidation in our industry. It is a fact of the way businesses emerge. And I use the term all the time. It's like salmon swimming upstream. So many of them enter into the mouth of the river, but not, but only a handful make it to the spawning grounds. And I think what we'll see is through a process of customer adoption and success, through a process of consolidation, we'll see a natural ebb and flow to the segment of the industry. I would love to see this industry expand out and to have an activity happening here in the Atlanta region that is in alignment with what's happening on Wall Street as another avenue by which consumers can access and manage capital. And I'd love to see it be diversified outside of just like the, the Wall Street community. Well, I hope all those visions come true and we value your leadership and the opportunity to sit down and unpack your, uh, your wisdom and just the forward thinking. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.